Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Politz has written a must-read, The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books A Million, or wherever fine books are sold. Food and Beverage Magazine Live, bringing food and beverage to life with your hosts, James Beard Award winner Jennifer English and Food and Beverage Magazine publisher Michael Politz. Featuring leaders in the hospitality, branded food and beverage, and CPG industries, many of whom are Jennifer and Michael's friends in the business. For an informal and informative conversation where friends in the business share the latest intel, ideas, and best practices. Live, juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farms, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage magazine world. Here are your hosts, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. I'm Jennifer English. I'm the editor-at-large of Food and Beverage Magazine, and I am super excited because today is a bit of a, a, a reunion of sorts for me. You know, every week we invite the most interesting and influential tastemakers to come on and visit with us about the world of food and beverage. But then we get these folks who've been really impactful. And today we have a conversation with one of my all-time favorites. I want to bring him on because when I was thinking about how to tell you about my friend Billy Harris and the way we were kids together back almost 20 years ago at the start of Tales of the Cocktail, when they turned to this gentleman who is one of the funniest quippiest, smartest, most generous people in the hospitality industry to come and, and give voice to and, and, and activate the ways we would come together and to host the Spirited Awards. Of course, you're going to know him best for his roles on television and Ted Lasso, all kinds of things. But I want to talk about the fact that when it comes to the world of hospitality, through his indefatigable charity work, the events that he does, the events he has coming up, we have none other than Billy Harris, who gives our industry its heart and soul and laughter. Few things are more fun to do than laugh, but laughing together is the best medicine of all. I want to talk about him this way as I introduce him. There are a myriad of stand-up comedians, but we are lucky enough that Billy Harris takes his talent and his intellect and his humor and his passion for the world of food and drink. And he is somebody who does the most important thing of all. As everybody knows, my favorite word about our entire industry, yes, it's hospitality, but it's conviviality. Conviviality is the joy of coming together and breaking bread together and sitting at table together and being together. Our industry is grateful. Because our patron saint of conviviality is Billy Harris, and he's here with us today. Billy I'm here, patron. Jennifer English, patron saint. I like that. That's pretty good. It's uh, <laughs> overreaching a little, but I'll but I'll take it. Brother, talk to me about conviviality because one of the things that you've done for as long as I've known you, and I've known you twenty plus years, twenty five yeah, years, long time, yeah, a long time. 
and it's really good to see you and you look fabulous. How is it that you haven't changed a bit and I became my grandmother? I mean, like, how did that COVID was good to me. I got to tell you, not living on an, not living on an airplane 200 days a year will actually do wonders for you. Let me tell you that, you know, yeah, um, but yeah, great to see you as well. And I'm glad you guys reached out and there's, uh, there's more going on than ever than from 20 years ago. And, and whatever you use, whatever word you just use, conviviality or whatever. I went to public school in New Jersey. I don't even know what you're talking about, but it was, you know, it was, it was pretty good though. Uh, I'm well. I'm great. Lots to talk about. I can answer all your questions and whatever. All your. I know there's a lot of people actually on this thing, so uh, take it away, for sure. So I want to. I want to go back to when you recognized that you had been blessed by yeah. being bit by the funny bug. Because you really yeah. are one of the most organically, <laughs> enthusiastically, essentially funny people I know. Uh, yeah. You're one of the best working today. That's why you're as busy as 200 Days on a Plane suggests. Yep. But I want to talk about funny because it's really one of my all-time yeah. favorite things. Tell me when you fell in love with funny and or when funny found you. Yeah, and I don't even know if you can learn funny. I think you're kind of right. – I think you're born funny or you're not. Okay. Um, I come – you know, the – to really go, you know, it's funny. My, my favorite joke right now is going to be when people are like, tell me everything from the beginning. Do you remember the first airplane movie? The very first yeah. airplane movie? You know, uh, they go, tell me everything in the beginning. And the guy goes, well, first there were the dinosaurs. So that's if you <laughs> wanted to go way, way back, um, which is a great line. But, you know, for me, I come from a whole line of vaudevillians, all some pretty famous stars in the 20s, 30s, 40s. You're really going back 100 years ago, 90 years, 80, 80 years ago. My first gig was at Grossinger's in the Catskills in oh, 1979. No. Yeah, I was a magician's assistant, you know, as a little wise-ass kid, so to say. But my grandmother would have been one of the, as good as Billie Holiday, one of the all-time great. She was a singer, but she came from an Orthodox Jewish family. She was not allowed to perform. All of her brothers one was a stand-up comic in the Catskills. One played guitar in a big band, the Carmen Caballero Orchestra in the 40s. Wow. My, on my dad's side, my dad, my grandfather, Billy, my dad's dad. So the connection and, and my daughter, who's Georgie Harris, was named after Georgie Jessel, who was one of the most famous. You know, he's been dead since 1980, and he was born in 1898. Georgie Jessel started the Friars Club in L.A. with George Burns and Al Jolson, okay, in 1930-whatever. He was married to Norma Talmadge. You're talking, like, right. way it's back Hollywood history. Mega, mega, mega. And when he died, he was actually known as the Toastmaster General of the United States. And at the end of his career, he would do all the eulogies um, for all the celebs' funerals. So, and then my, my grandfather's, his sister... She danced for Milton Berle at the Texaco Star Theater in the early 50s. So a very, very long time ago. But everyone I was just everyone around me was just funny. My dad's funny. My mom's funny. Everyone was just funny. Um, so and so I you're was telling just me you did not stand a chance. I did not stand a chance. You know, but I was definitely more of a wise ass and a wisecracker <laughs> as a kid. A you wise know, a wiseheimer for sure. Um, and I was a theater kid and I loved movies and I loved acting and I loved comedy and I loved improv and, and it was always in the family. We were always going to theater and going to see movies. And, and, you know, when you're growing up outside of New York city, it's all around you all the time, you know? Um, but yeah, really, really fascinating that in my particular case, my particular story, that there's so many people that were, um, you know, so to say, and, and truly working in the business. But my, once again, my grandfather, 
um, who was William, who was Billy Harris, he used to actually carry Georgie Jessel's bags around. Wow. So he worked for him. And for those of you, if you're Google right now, use the Google and look up Georgie Jessel for his time. He was really, 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 really successful. Um, so, so yeah, so, I mean, for, so tell me yeah, something. Yeah, I will tell you something. You love food. And I, I love watching you in kitchens. I love watching you talk to chefs. I love watching you talk to mixologists. You have it, the thing you're born with. When yeah. you love gastronomy and hospitality, going into kitchens, sure. sharing meals, being together, the process of how the cooks work. Yeah. I love watching you do your thing in kitchens as yep. much as I love watching you do your thing in the big room in Vegas. That sure. is a very unusual combination. How did you become the Georgie yep. Jessel? of the gastronomy world. How are we so lucky as to have you yeah. become, you know, the, I, I want to think of the most appropriate because you're really this funny, the, the George Carlin of the mixology world. You are that yeah. funny and you love our business. How did that yeah. happen? Well, I was thrown into it. I mean, I knew nothing about food, wasn't working with chefs. You know, my wife would probably tell you I'm still a shitty cook, you know, to this day. But what happened was, and I'll give a shout out to my good friend, Joe Allegro, who I still work with. A good friend of mine got a job at the Food Network in 1994 and called me up and said he got a job at the Food Network at the beginning heydays of all this. And, and let's go back there just briefly because you're bringing this up. Those were the earliest days of Food Network. The earliest. My first gig was with a guy that went bam all the time, you know, with Emerald That's back right. in the day. So what my buddy Joe Allegro, who's an event producer and produced all those live events, he brought me in. He's like, we're doing this Food Network stuff. They need a live host. You're the guy. So it was just kind of like through that relationship. And I started hosting all these live events for the Food Network with the Rachel Rays and the Bobby Flays and the Emeralds and the, the very heydays of the two hot tamales and Mary Sue. So all of a sudden, it was just I was doing the same shtick, being the same wise ass. But all of a sudden, I was in a kitchen or I was on a set or I was on a soundstage or doing touring with chefs, and this was long before, you know, just food TV and food everything. You know, now you can't escape food TV. Top Chef, Master Chef, Junior Chef, this chef, that chef. You know, pick a chef in every country around the world. These shows are duplicated. So it became a very, I mean, listen, we all love to eat. It's the source of life for all of us. But, you know, all of a sudden when you're doing it with Thomas Keller and Daniel Balud and Nancy Silverton on the food side of things, it's as good as it gets. You pay and attention. You pay attention, and the two things that really happened in my world, and people really know me from food and philanthropy, which is kind of my whole world for almost 30 years, um, you know, people love to eat, they love to drink, they love to have a good time, all of that. And But what happened for me was with the rise of the celeb chef, okay, they very much cross-pollinated very quickly in the philanthropic world. And they, they do so many of these galas in New York City, like at Cipriani on Wall Street for the New York Food Bank and autism and AIDS and breast cancer and go down the line. So slowly in 1999 and 2000 and 2001, they're like, hey, we should have Bobby Flay come cook the dinner for all the guests. So the mega chefs started getting integrated because of the rise of food TV into that philanthropic world. So the two things that really happened to me, like, I, you know, I know there was that movie, uh, is it called sliding door or something door with, you know, for all of us, if you take a left in, in life or if you take a right in life. So I started working with Joe Allegro with the Food Network, and that kind of really got me into the culinary space and hosting all these culinary events with the best of the best. Just because the idea of having some sort of culinary host, culinary MC was unheard of at the time. 
but they realized they needed someone that knows how to work the room and work the audience. And it didn't matter if you were, you know, doing a cooking demo, a cooking class. Are you in Vegas? Are you in Atlantic City? Do you have 200 people in the room, 300 people in the room, studio audience? So that's everything that I was just doing. And it kind of just slowly migrated into this food space, which obviously led us into the cocktail space and where me and you and everyone else met via Charlotte Boise, of course, who's my dearest and bestie all these years later um, at all the Tales of the Cocktails event and everything that we've been doing as the Billy brand with the Billy Harris dinner series, touring the country, but just to backtrack. So all of a sudden I found myself hosting culinary events and working with all the Food Network stars. And at the exact same time in about 1990, because my friend's son, her son now is probably about 30. And he was about five or, five or six years old. And they were doing the fundraiser at the kids' school in Los Angeles. And the auctioneer got sick. And she called me up and said, could you come and do and it? And it was like when my buddy Joe Allegro called me and said, I'm going to hire you for a gig at the Food Network. And I was like, what's the Food Network? My friend Lauren Tripp was like, I need you to do an auction. And I was like, well, how do I, what do, how do, I do an auction? So all of a sudden, same sort of thing. I went, I just used all my life skills of being funny and sarcastic and this and that. I'm like, hey, how's everyone doing? Who wants to give me five Gs to go to Maui to support the kids in the school? I was just funny and charming and personable. And I was like, but it was really more, it was impactful for me because I was like, well, that was really good. And I raised a lot of money, a shit ton of money for this kid's school. And then all of a sudden I got hired starting to do these auctions. And to this day, 25 years later, and thousands of auctions. I'm not an auctioneer. I'm never going to call myself an auctioneer. Am I a professional fundraiser? Sure. I just am a guy that knows how to work the room and ask the crowd for money for these huge black tie mega galas. And I've done thousands and I've truly raised, it's a staggering number. It's close to a half a billion dollars wow. over the past 25 years. But it's like, I do it. It's, it's like my pleasure. I love doing it. I know how to work the crowd. I know how to ask for money. You know, but I'm a I'm a revenue generator for so many of these people now because, well, number one, they bring me into the event, but I'll be like, like if we're doing an event for No Kid Hungry or Alex's Lemonade or the American Cancer Society, and I'm like, hey, how about I, you know, so me and my business partners and Paul Vitagliano in LA, we produce, have produced hundreds of hundreds of events now, live events, and of course, during COVID, we did over a hundred virtual events and I am going to give another shout out because we do exclusively work with the William Grant team because we have such a great relationship with Charlotte. So they were so impactful that we could still get cocktails in a box with a bottle of wine and five courses from Wolfgang Puck or Nancy Silverton and delivered to everyone's door. I know I'm all over the place in the conversation, but it all it, 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 it's all in sync from our live events and our virtual events and Somehow it started just by chance that I got connected to the Food Network. And then Joe Allegro, who I mentioned, who brought me into the Food Network, he left the Food Network 20 years ago and went to No Kid Hungry. So that's how I really started started getting involved with chefs and philanthropy. Because, you know, they've been around for 35 years already, but the level that they're at now, it wasn't like that. Right. you know, 20 in 2000 or 1997. And now no kid hungry has all of the taste of the nation events. So it's really been my world. This kind of segues back to food and philanthropy, which has led to obviously with great food comes great wine and comes great cocktails, which comes tales of the cocktail and every other culinary tour that you could imagine. I've been connected to most of them, you know, most of all the major big events. It's me, you know, Woo, I got all that out. <laughs> it's, it's, that was that was an opus and it was masterful <laughs> because what you've just done 
in a short amount of minutes was yeah. take us on a whirlwind tour of why and how we got here and yeah, why there totally. is, as we face forward to yep. food 3.0 after 110,000 restaurants closed and everybody in our industry yeah. has had to reimagine what the future of food is going to look like. There's one thing we know for sure. Everything you just talked about isn't going away. We love it. It's not, we're not done yet. So hang yep. on to your hat. Let's go back about two things. You talked about the dawn yep. of the Food Network. At yep. that same time, Chef Gordon was creating the Celebrity Chef. Yep. Elizabeth Blau was making them rich. This whole yep. experience of Las Vegas transforming from uh, a buffet town to a gourmet town, thanks to Elizabeth sure. Wins and all of that, sure. all of a sudden there is more appreciation for the chef in all their magnificent... Yeah, because they, they used to be behind the wall. Nobody knew who the chef was at the French restaurant. And, you know, once again, you know, I have a great personal relationship with Wolfgang, but as I like to tell anyone, you don't fall to the top of the mountain. You know, he's just the king of the world. And at 72, 73, he was the first one people forget, right? You know, at the original Spago on the Sunset Strip, right. he just blew that fucking wall down. Right. And, you know, so everyone could see the kitchen and see all the action. And that's a separate, you know, they're actually J January 18th. They just had the 40th anniversary of Spago, you know, 25 Billy, years in the new location. Yeah. Billy, let's go back, though. Before all of this. Yeah, of course. The chef wasn't the star. No. The maitre d' or the host was the star. The Correct. Sure. The Michael yep. Romanoff. Even yep. in a modern day iteration of. Um, Dmitry Dimitrov from Diaghilev at the Bellage. Remember when he was like, yeah, he was yeah. keeping that tradition alive. In a way, you are that host today because most people don't have that. They Correct. don't have that ability. You, in a lot of ways, are our host. Yeah, correct. And what you're going to do moving forward into the future of food, to me, is super important. Because with ghost kitchens, cloud kitchens, 60% of our food in the future becoming delivered to our homes, you, mm -hmm. my darling, are going to keep the front of the house experience alive. <laughs> yeah. Just give me a red jacket, right? Uh, you know? Your ability to make people feel seen and heard and welcomed is the very core. I don't mean to get emotional about this, but, but it's so important because we have this long legacy, as you've just described, 100 years of of entertaining people and a hundred sure. years of welcoming people. Talk about where you see the future of our business, where the future of events and chefs and funny taste, luxury, and humor. Where is the future of taste, luxury, and humor going? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, pandemic for everyone was obviously a very different experience. Um, so, but a big component of that, this virtual component, which I just touched on briefly, but I, we'll kind of break this down in parts. And also, I think in my particular circumstances, I was very lucky that in the late '80s, early '90s, I lived in San Fran. I lived in San Francisco, and see, but the first place I went to a restaurant with that experience, of course, was Stars with Jeremiah Tower, and I had never seen anything like that. And then me and Tony Abugana moved to New York together in the early 90s. And then to be in New York at the heyday of Gramercy Tavern and Union Square Cafe and, and, and go down the line and, and kind of the, then you're kind of 
fading off of the Les Cirques of the world and this and that. And then I've been in L.A. for 24 years, which is hands down the food capital, at least in the United States, for sure, just because it's it's Ethiopian, it's Korean, it's Chinese, it's Vietnamese, it's high end Italian, it's the best taco trucks on the street in the world. So food is changing a lot. Um, you know, the bigger political conversation that I'm not going to go into is, you know, the, the ecosystem is changing so drastically with climate change and where food is coming from and where it's grown. But in my little world, I think two things are really fascinating. I think the, the whole ghost kitchen thing, you know, there's so many restaurants that have closed. And just to back up a little bit, the virtual component in our little piece of the, you know, COVID puzzle, Right. We did over we did over a hundred events, mainly you know the LA chefs that we were working with. It you know it chalked off so many boxes, you know that we're able to do large scale virtual events where you could put all this amazing food with great cocktails, great wine in a box and deliver it to someone's house. But that now model is here to stay. If That's it's, not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. And by and the way, like, can you just tell everybody about? I want to make everyone's mouth water right now. Yeah, sure. The chicken experience from Tyler Florence. Everybody knows we love Tyler Florence. Yeah. Tyler and I did events after 9-11 together. He yeah, has yeah. always been like you have on the forefront. If there's a crisis, if there's a need, you guys show up. We can count on you. You've given so much rise to this ability of our industry yeah. to respond Yep. But you guys teamed up and created arguably maybe the most successful one of these when you did these fried chicken things. And uh, please talk about that. Yeah, yeah. And Tyler's a dear friend. And we worked with, you know, the the um, California Restaurant Association and Restaurant Cares. Um, and that was one of many events that we did like that, that were actually, that were cook-alongs, you know, and and I'll talk about, and I'll talk about two things. You know, with Tyler, besides that, him and his family are dear friends with me and our family, and we take trips together and all of that. He's just one of the great, forget being a great restaurateur and a great guy. He's been on the Food Network for since he's been like 24 years old. He's, you know, um, he's done so much for, on even a bigger level, World Central Kitchen and this and that and disaster relief and the fires up in Sonoma and Napa. But the one particular event, which was a, you know, a fried chicken event, it was, you know, you pay 20 bucks or 25 bucks and you get the recipe in the mail and Tyler's in the kitchen. And, you know, we had hundreds and hundreds of people making fried chicken at home. And at the same time, you can raise 50 grand for a charity or for people that really need it. Once again, that kind of falls in that COVID model of stuff like that that's here to stay forever, that you could take a mega chef like Tyler or a Thomas Keller or a Balud or go down the line, a Paul Kahn in Chicago, a Michael Schwartz in Miami. It doesn't matter if it's Aaron Franklin doing barbecue, that anyone could be on this live stream right now from all over the world. We could do it virtually for cooking. You could do it virtually for cocktails. You know, food works so well virtually. If it's cooking classes and cocktails work well, they what doesn't work well virtually is stand-up comedy. That's for sure. So I'm glad I'm not a stand-up. It, 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 it's really hard with, without an audience. But the Tyler event was so successful that the Red Campaign, it was the 15th anniversary of the Red Campaign last summer, you know, founded by Bono and Bobby Shriver. And that's part of the Red Campaign and the One Campaign are in sync right now. And obviously for global AIDS research and global poverty and world hunger. So they reached out to us because their, all their live events were canceled. And we kind of took the Tyler model, not kind of, we just said, we're going to get amazing chefs. But we're the, we took it to the next step instead of just me and the chef. We're like, who's going to be the chefs? 
sous chef, you know? So our first event was with Pink, Alicia Moore, the singer, who's a dear friend, and Andrew Zimmer in Minneapolis. And to give you an example, we had like 57,000 people on that live stream. And Pink acted as Andrew's sous chef, and he was in his kitchen. And we, her kids were on her kitchen counter, you know, at her home. And Andrew was in Minneapolis. And everyone, people were on from all of Australia, Germany, France, Japan, pick a spot. It was really one of the best events, not just because it was virtual, virtually and live that we did. And then in my kitchen right next to me, the next event, we had Anthony Anderson and Ron Sanchez, you know, cooking some, everyone was drinking tequila and was hammered, but they had tens of thousands of people on the Zoom. And then we had Kristen Kish, you know, she won Top Chef with Joel McHale. They were on the Zoom. And then we had Tyler in San Francisco with Al Roker in New York City. So we had four mega events. So you took all these chefs and all these megastars, put them on Zoom, connected it to a great organization, the Bill Gates Foundation matched dollar for dollar. Merck threw in like a half a million dollars. They raised so much money. Nobody had to leave their house. Everybody was so connected. And that model 100% is here to stay forever in one capacity or the other. Really, I, I love that, that you created that and have yeah. really realized what it can be. Where do we go to keep that idea fresh? Where do we go to keep the excitement and I'm going to use the word again because it really is my favorite word. Those 50,000 peoples were sharing conviviality. Conviviality. They God, that's conviviality. a big word, I like it. Yeah, sure. You are, the, you are the cultivator of conviviality. You are the patron saint of conviviality. You know how to teach us how to have a good time together, no matter what the circumstances. How do you see cultivating conviviality, keeping this model fresh in the future. And yeah. what events do you have coming up that do just that? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny to steal. It was a line in a George Clooney movie, but I, you know, life is better with company, you know, which was from up in the air. And, you know, it's amazing that people weren't, you know, God willing, this is a once in a lifetime, you know, the COVID pandemic scenario that we're in, but it's just, it just changed people's worlds and technology is a great thing when it works. And when God is my witness, the, the February, March of 2020, my sister calls me up because I told her what we were, we were working on this virtual component. And she gave me the name of a good friend of ours. And she's like, call him. He just started working at this place called zoom. That was her exact words. Um, and I was like, Oh yeah, that's a business to business, you know, video conferencing for work. And look what that turned into and, and all the streaming services since then. But it really was a way, if, if people were just being connected with family and friends, the good and the bad of it. And, but then to add in what we were doing and to give so much love and support and then, of course, money to restaurants because people would buy tickets and all the money's going to the restaurant to support restaurants. And then we had no so much many... at that point. And there were restaurants that were just, they were just still showing up to their community. They were still doing whatever they could. A hundred percent. As our business has always done. We always take care of you. We're not in it for well, the always money. for a hundred years. There. We're the, always the first to ask on a charity thing. 
fundraiser First for the Little League, fundraiser for the exactly. ballet school, whatever it is, we're Everything. the ones you come to because we are your public family. Yeah, and you're the lifeline and, and the bloodline right. of all of it. And the amount of restaurants when they're like, okay, we're going to do this event. We think we're going to have 200 people and we're going to give you thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. they are like, are you kidding me? Like we can keep so many employees on, you know, for another month, for another six weeks, just from events like that. So it was a win-win for everybody. You know, we were still able to raise, give tons of money to the restaurants, support not. So we had great partners and it's not name dropping, but like Wells Fargo came in and said, okay, we're going to give you $250,000 to give to 20 different charities. So do your dinners and each charity will drop them $20,000. So everyone was working together, coming together, but it all starts, like you said, it all started because of the meal, because the food from the restaurant. So like you said, if it's the kids little league or this, the ballet fundraiser and it's at a restaurant or it's at the four seasons or it's in Las Vegas, it all starts with the food. You know, it's the common connector. Billy, listen, I hate to ask, this is a real fun reunion for me. I, I, you and I could yeah. talk for hours. We usually will have uh, a Gary Regan finger stirred Negroni or yes, exactly. with us when we do it. But I, but I want to say, I've got to be mindful of the time. I know we've got a heart out with you. You're a super busy guy. Can we just have a few more minutes to cover a couple more things? Because yeah, I want to make sure we cover your most important events coming up. I want to go back to the vaudeville days. You yeah. know, the connections we all share. I want yeah. you to imagine our ancestors, our publisher, yeah. Michael Politz, his cousin was Al Jolson. You're related to George Jessel. We yeah. have these roots. I want you to imagine our ancestors looking at us today and doing what we're doing for our community. What would they think of what's happening now and how we continue to do what we do for all the right reasons, for all the people we love in our community. Yeah. What would our ancestors, what would Georgie Jessel say? What would your grandmother say about what <laughs> you're doing now? Yeah, not talking about the COVID stuff, just in general, right? You know, yeah, just, uh, just in you general. Know. I mean, look at how you've raised literally hundreds of millions of dollars over your career, using yep. all your gifts, using yeah. all your legacy. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I hope everyone would be would be proud. Like, it's just been, you know, I've traveled the world. I've eaten all over the world. I've met so many great people, you included. You know, I've been part of just, like, the most amazing events. Like, as a guy that was born in Philadelphia and grew up in New Jersey, it's kind of like, I can tell you right now, like, in the middle of July, I'm hosting a dinner in Nancy Silverton's backyard not in Los Angeles, in Italy. In Italy. And, you're, and you're just like, how is this? Like, what is this? How is this? Now, listen, you know, people that are in the food space know who Nancy is, who Thomas Keller is, you know, but some of these people, you know, are just so extraordinary. And you talk about real groundbreakers and trendsetters and the people that have been doing it for 40 years. That's a whole, we could talk about that for six hours, which we won't go into right now. But yeah, I think for me, it really goes back to, like, I sleep so good at night in regards to that, these kind of two passions of amazing food and philanthropy and working with nonprofits, because, you know, it wasn't just restaurants closing left and right. The amount of nonprofits that haven't been able to fundraise in two years, that $20,000 made a difference, $50,000 made a difference. Uh, you know, the big, big black tie galas of New York City and all over the place, those are just fine. Yeah, go and, ahead. And, and let, me, right let me chime in here. 
and the ask increased because more people being out of work went to food banks, went oh to my God. ask for help. The ask for help is tenfold skyrocketed and yep. the need is greater than ever. I mean, that goes without saying, but it also comes from our industry from within. Yeah, I mean, the food banks of New York City and Los Angeles serve, it's a, it's like a half a million meals a day. It's a staggering number. And, in you know, I've been in L.A. for so long. So in L.A., it just got exponentially worse. So it's like the fact that we could do these events and keep raising money for so many nonprofits, but it wouldn't work without the Wolfgangs and the Nancys of the world that we can incorporate them into an event which brings so many people, which, you know, once again, it all starts with the food. You know, if they put just my name on the bill, they raise four dollars. But if you put Wolfgang's name on the event, you know, you'll raise a hundred and four, a hundred, hundred and four thousand dollars. You know, so it, once again, it, it, and raising money for the food banks and all the other nonprofits. So to answer your original question, I, I would hope that you know all people connected me personally would be, you know, proud of everything that we accomplish. And it's a teamwork. It's my whole family. It's my wife. It's my daughter. It's like. We all travel together. We're all involved with so many of these events. And I think it's been a great, you know, education, especially for my daughter. Like when you can really see the opposite side of the coin, you know, to, you know, everyone should go to a local food bank and see what's really going on in, in major cities. So it's great to be able to also for anyone to have their kids volunteer for so many organizations, which also goes back to all the philanthropy and everything that we're doing. But well, yeah, I mean, listen, no, I mean, it's, it's easy to say and they say it all the time, but hunger is no laughing matter. And for people like no, Jose yeah, who recognize that in the World Central Kitchen dynamic, I know you've done some stuff with Mark Murphy, and I know you've you all our friends get asked all the time, and we all show up because because it has because it's who we are, it's who we are. I mean, look, I mean, but look at Jose Andreas, what the World Central Kitchen has become. There, his organization is doing more than most governments in the world um, uh, immediately. You know, and I've worked with Jose for a long time and he's just he's just a superstar hero. And I actually have two events in New York with Mark Murphy next week. So it's funny that you pulled that name up. And he but just, anyway, well, he just went to Poland for like two months or three months for all the, it, the refugees from the war in the Ukraine. Uh, every day and I'm he watching just, him, just so you I'm know, bawling. He, I'm watching yeah, yeah, yeah. him yeah. and I'm thinking, get off your ass and go get on a plane and go help Mark in, in Poland. In Poland, yep, part of the World Central Kitchen. Yeah, uh, he he was there for almost two months, and he was home for only a week. And then he, you know, it's not a challenge this week, but he went back to France with Ron Sanchez and Elizabeth Faulkner, but to bike ride through France, drink wine, but to raise money for Ron Sanchez's foundation. So there's all these amazing creative ways to raise money, but these organizations, you know, from World Central Kitchen to providing, you know, culinary scholarships or just getting kids through high school and college. It's kind of endless, and we can go off on that. So, to by end the way, I want to say we've had a lot of comments popping up from everybody watching us online, uh, including the incomparable Max Tucci, um, who's watching. Um, and I, I want to say hi to everybody. We we love your comments. Thank you so much. Before we run out of time, with the one and only the the, the patron saint <laughs> of conviviality, Billy Harris. Uh, I, I want to ask you, I know you've got a big Super program bench. coming yeah. up in addition to cooking with Nancy. And by the way, you need to know Max is, is going to be in, in Italy as well because he, he goes to Italy. And of course, his whole family's Delmonico restaurant uh, legacy is coming out in their new book. And all these things are going to cross. But talk about 
this big program that you have coming up that yeah, our, really blends this all I mean, together. I, yeah, the, the 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 one of the year here, which is it has been we've been working on for eight or nine months. So um, I'm going to name drop here. So Silver Oak Wines, it's their 50th anniversary. Just one of the great all time great wines. Um, we had a really good relationship with them, and they wanted to do something different. So I was like, "Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to we're going to tour for the next year, and we're going to do dinners all over the country, um, and with the very very best chefs." So. We started in Los Angeles two weeks ago with Nancy Silverton. And, you know, people were drinking like $30,000 worth of silver oak, at, silver oak at each dinner. It's, it's, they also own Timeless. They also own Tumi. They also own Ovid, all these great wines. Um, so we started with Nancy Silverton. We're going to New York City next week with Mark Murphy and Hillary Sterling at her new restaurant, Kisiamo. I think it's actually Chisiamo. Um, then we're going to Tandy Wilson in Nashville. We're going, we're doing, Two nights with Paul Kahn and Chef Dylan Patel in Chicago. Oh, fun. We are going up to Napa Valley on Saturday, August 6th is the actual 50th anniversary of Silver Oak at the winery. Oh, we're doing wow. a dinner with we're doing a dinner with Christopher Costow the night before at Charter Oak. There's a party at the winery. And of then course, he's to, James Beard honored from Meadowood. I mean, and, and, well, everybody everybody everyone's a beard winner and michelin star then we're going to daisy ryan her husband greg at bells and los alamos the end of august september with Stuart brioja nicole krasinski up at state bird in san francisco and then gavin Kaysen in minneapolis and then nina compton at Le compare in new orleans and i gotta tell you i'm excited about all of them but we, we we're doing we bought out franklin's barbecue in austin and we're going to be <gasps> drinking silver oak that's uh november 11th uh, in Austin, so barbecue and Silver Oak. That's can I bust tables for you that night just to be a fly you, you, on the wall? You, you, you can. Uh, so that's all on the Silver Oak website. We've actually only just done the first dinner, and then the next three coming up are in New York next week. Wow. So if everyone goes to silveroak.com and clicks on dinner series, you can buy our tickets for that. You know, we have Paul Vitagliano and myself in Los Angeles. You know, one of our biggest events here of the year that we're doing, we're the, doing the American Cancer Society on the Sony lot in Los Angeles, October 2nd. That's for about 700 people. Super fun. And you talk about amazing wines, amazing cocktails. I mean, food, highbrow, lowbrow. We got Tacos 1986, Howlam Rays, Slab, Shake Shack. We also have Nancy Silverton, Suzanne Gowen, Neil Frazier. We have the 100th anniversary of the Motion Picture Television Fund coming up June 18th on the Formosa lot in LA with Govan Armstrong, Ricardo Zarate, Mei Ling, and a whole other plethora of chefs. So we have tons and tons of events. And um, you're still finding time to perform. All the you're time. Still all the act, time. You still act, you're still doing everything. Uh, how do you How do you do all this? I mean, you really are the busiest guy in our business. I, I'm very busy. I sleep well at night. I take a day at a time. You know, I live and die by the calendar. My wife will always asks. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we're going to this thing. She goes, oh, I don't know anything about it. Like, it's on the calendar. Like, if it's on the calendar, it's happening. You know, if it's That's if it's not on the calendar, it's it, 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 it it's not happening. But yeah, and then listen, I'm going to loop been, us back around to cocktails yeah. and William Grant Bring us and back our to mutual and William Grant. goddess yep. of a friend, Charlotte Voisey, um, who has done more Queen. to elevate our 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 global consciousness about sure. appreciating every bite and sip. Uh, and I know that she's going to be involved in in a lot of the things that you're doing. Take us back around to how you can explain yeah. how we've all come so far. 
from the early days of Food Network, from the early days of Tales of the Cocktail, from the early days of No Kid Hungry, all of it. You've been there and you've been on stage and you have shined a yeah. light and connected us all in such a way that has allowed it to become foundational for the future of food. I think yeah. there are few people who have done more, Billy, than you have to make us be in the space. When you reflect on that, how do you, how do you feel? You know, I mean, it, listen, it, it's a good question and it's already been a long, cause I've just been doing it for so long already. So it's really been, it's been an amazing journey. And I think it also, all this, and for anyone that's listening out there, it just goes back to the people that you surround yourself with, you know, it, it kind of makes the whole world, you know, go round. And for me, it just happened to fall then into the, you know, very slowly into the culinary, you know, spirits space with philanthropy, but those together, they've really helped. I mean, just jump right to, jump cut to World Central Kitchen and look what that has become. I mean, Jose would tell you anywhere, these people, they, they need food, they need to eat. So it all goes back to look what we can all do when we're working for the common good. And we can have a lot of fun and the drinks and the food, but how important it is to help people. And you know, people don't realize the amount of people that need your help in the world. So I'm just glad to be part of all of it, you know, in my little small piece of it. And, um, and that's what's up. But thanks for having me, Jennifer. You my know, pleasure. Billy, I want to, I want to share one thought with you because you've given me and the world such an incredible gift. When we talk about food and we talk about hospitality and the chefs and the celebrity chefs and the sizzle and the white yeah. beef and the everything, it's important to remember where it all started. Yeah. When we go back to the laugh, to the humor, a stand-up comedian goes on stage and offers him or herself up to the audience and they share their observations about life. Yeah. And by doing so to every member of the audience, they say, I see you, I hear you and you matter. And let's share a, a laugh about something that connects us. And when those connections hit, and the human reaction connection explodes yeah. in a sea of laughter and common bonding understanding more than any bite of food, more than any sip. You have mm -hmm. given us the kind of nutrition that really satisfies our soul. And for that, I want to say on behalf of all of the foodies that love you, thank you. From the Food and Beverage Magazine family, we love you. And thank you. Please don't let this be the last time we visit on these topics. Come and visit us again soon on Food and Beverage Magazine Live. We remain at your service and we'd like nothing more than to, than to have the last page of every issue end with a giggle that connects us all from Billy exactly. Harris. Well, as I like to say, I, for some reason, it became, you know, it, I just like to end with, like, I'll see you around the table. It's a perfect place for everyone to meet. So uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks, Jennifer, for your time. Thanks, Food and Beverage Magazine. And we'll see you at the next one, okay? And around Cheers. the table. Cheers. Travel safe, Billy. Thank you for everything. Thanks, thanks everybody. Hey, I'm Billy Harris. You're hanging with Harris from New York City. <clears throat> Let's do that again. I should have had a little... <clears throat>
something. Ah, I'm Billy Harris. Now it's not shot out of my nose. Hot, spicy Spanish. Blooper reel. Let's do that one more time. All right. All right. So. No. Yes. What? Hanging with Harris. And you already screamed that you're hanging with Harris. He loves squeezing my face. What up, big man? Hi, Billy. <laughs> All right. Love the echo. All right, Chef. Blah, blah, blah. Try that again. Are we going, Max? Are we rolling, Max? Sit up straight. I am sitting up straight. Sitting in my cup. I'm Sit ready, Max. on your jacket. Right. Have we done this before? I don't know why I just did that. I was like, five minutes, one and done. Let's all sweat together. Just getting all the kinks out a little bit here. <laughs> awesome. Are you getting on the chicken? Really? I'm trying to get it don't on get the Don't get on chicken. me. I want to Instagram that right now. Now you just push his eye out of his head. <laughs> and now you just ripped it out. Poor, it was so happy. And then I'm going to put this guy in. Is it, wait, right? wait a minute. If I go like that, does that make me a chef? It's, yes. I, I, it's so soft. Wow. <laughs> it all came off. Do you do that one again? What do, what do we do for that one? Sorry, on the legal. Seriously? Enough yes. with the fake accent. I know you're from Jersey. Well, you the really went out ones? there with the <laughs> and, then, and then, Mama Mia, Jersey. Of the asparagus. That was very. <laughs> A little sweet bed. Let's try that again. Sweet bed. Sweet bed. I'm Billy it. Harris. You've been hanging with Harris. My hey, good friend Jonathan Waxman. Hanging with Waxman. Loving hanging with Harris. Thank you, Billy. I love hanging with Harris. Bye. That's the whole. Sorry, sorry. It's, go for the fire. Hey, you want me to lay? That clock's wrong. <laughs>